You know what I love about Monday before we get into it? It is a good old fashioned victory Monday. And you come in, and I see Harbs getting his coffee in the morning. I'm like, good win, Kurt. <laughs> good one, buddy. You've got 28 different predictions sitting out there. They all contradict with each other. And then one of them happens. You go, see? See? Look how smart I am. Welcome into the lounge, episode 10, Garrett. We've hit double digits. I'm impressed. It's I, a good thing. It's think, only the second week of the season. We're already double digits. Did you think that we were going to get to double digits? I never had would any. The, would the plug be pulled by this time? I never had any doubt in my mind. I was always confident. I like it. I like it. Once again, we are here to provide you unique Ravens insight, have a little fun while we do it, and bring you player interviews. Today we're going to talk about mostly the Bills game and then roll it forward to the Browns a little bit. It's just Garrett and I, and then later this week, we are going to have, can I say who it is? Sure, why not? Sure, why not? We're going to have Dennis Pitta on the podcast. That should be a real fun one. As long as you get, like, dry, sarcastic humor, you should really love the Dennis Pitta interview. I can tell you this. There was nobody more enthused than Dennis Pitta when I asked him if he would do the podcast. <laughs> yeah. There's could... a little preview of the sarcasm. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I got to warm up for Dennis later this week. <laughs> so uh, as we always do, I'm going to read a little fan feedback. You can always email us at thelounge at ravens.nfl.net. We've got so many good emails. This one's from Nicholas Stuxgren. I definitely did not pronounce that correctly. And it's a hello from Sweden. I love, the, I love the international fan base. Seriously, do we have any fans in the U.S., or are they all international? It's true. They don't speak English. That's why they're big fans. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this email says, I've been following the podcast since the first episode. I love everything about it. Started getting into the NFL four to five years ago, and right off the bat, I knew I was a Ravens fan. Anyway, great job with the pod, guys. Keep it up. We will keep it up. Thank you very much, Nicholas. I really appreciate it. And Garrett, the main thing we like to do with these fan emails is yeah. we only read the positive ones. We don't read all the ones with the... Why are we still reading these? Because I'm just <laughs> like, I love the podcast. It's just a nice pat on the back to ourselves. It's, just, it's a good confidence booster. It's like, you know, the defense against the Bills got the three and out to start the game. You get kind of the momentum rolling. That's what it does for us. You know what I love about Monday before we get into it is a good old-fashioned victory Monday. And you come in, and I see Harbs getting his coffee in the morning. I'm like... Good win, Kurt. Good <laughs> one, buddy. See Dean, give him a little pat on the back. You know, Dean probably riding his motorcycle, doing wheelies, coming into the facility today. And usually, we talked about the breaking news with the soft serve last week. Usually on Victory Monday, you get some cake or cupcakes. The ban is lifted temporarily. There is, but there weren't players here today. The players are off day, I so, so I think they might have cake tomorrow. All right, thank God. I was getting a little concerned. Yeah, we'll find out. We'll report to you guys when we have Pitta on the podcast and ask him about that as well. Good idea. All right, so let's let's talk a little bit about this Bills game, Garrett. You know, you, you didn't blow them out. You had a 13-7 win here, but a win is a win. After that victory, does it make you more confident or more concerned about this team heading into week one than you were heading into week one? Yeah, it's so funny because I was talking to some people after the game, and – First of all, I think that one thing I've learned in covering the NFL and watching games is it doesn't matter how you win. I just really don't think that it does because if you look through the NFL week to week, all that matters is that you get a win because by the, the time you play the next week's game, it, it just doesn't matter. It, really, I don't think it does. But when you talk to people, when I was talking to people after the game, some people say, man, Ravens didn't look good. 
I was like, yeah, but they won. Yeah, but I, I can understand that sentiment, though, because performance is an indication of how you might perform in the future, right? So, like, if if now if you can keep winning, let's say you're the 2,000 Ravens and your defense just carries you and your offense can't score any touchdowns, then, all right, it's it's fine that the offense isn't doing well. But when you see 13 points put up, you know, that I can see how a fan – or anybody would be a little bit concerned. And I think that if you if the offense struggles, so to go back to your original question. Yeah, com- more confident or less. Yeah, I would say for me it is more confident. Okay. And because the defense was still it was just a question mark to me. I, I wasn't exactly sure. There was been so much talk this offseason about the addition of Eric Weddle, the new look secondary, Ladarius Webb moving back and playing safety, and how this defense is going to be much improved this year compared to, to last season. And I think that I saw that. And I think that this defense is legit. And I know we're going to talk more about the defense, but that to me is something to be excited about. And then when I look on the offensive side, that's really where you would be concerned about is that the offense didn't, they, they couldn't really score points. You know, they moved the ball. They had some success moving the ball, but they didn't score many points. But I just think this offense is only going to get better. And that's why I'm more confident. I think this offense, it's a young offensive line. I think that group will improve. Joe Flacco, this is his first real action. He hardly even played in the preseason. Steve Smith didn't play at all in the preseason. So these guys haven't had much time to work with. I think that that kind of connection is only going to continue to grow and improve, and so that's why I feel pretty good. Well, I think you looked at it on paper. This team was really, really good, is really, really good. I think on paper they're better than last year's roster heading into the year, and that roster was picked to win the Super Bowl. A lot of people, I mean, they were kind of like the The sexy, yeah. Exactly. So on paper, the Ravens looked really good heading into this first game, but there were so many questions uh, about those players on paper uh, and key players, you know, Suggs, Steve Smith, Perryman, Flacco, all those guys. And I think that uh, I feel – more confident about this team than I did last week because we got some good answers to those questions. What was your biggest question that you went into the game thinking, I I really want to see what happens with... To me, I think it was Suggs and and Steve because I think I said it on this podcast. This is is what you like to do. This is the classic make move. You'll go on the podcast and you'll say one thing. Then you'll go on mailbag and you'll kind of... Hedge your bet. Then you're going on scripted, and you'll say something completely different. So and that that's by, a big old I told you. So. so then at the end of the day, <laughs> you've got 28 different predictions sitting out there. They all contradict with each other, and then one of them happens. You go, see? See? Look how smart I am. <laughs> yeah, that's a good move. That's a, that's a secret to, to any kind of anything that makes sense. So with that said, what, what were you trying to – what point were you <laughs> trying to something, make? thing, I said that the two – Best players and most important players still on this team are Steve Smith. He's your best offensive player. He's your biggest playmaker. And Terrell Suggs, he's your biggest player, best playmaker on defense. And so that was the biggest question to me heading in. Uh, And that answer, I think, you know, I haven't gotten a full answer on that one because you saw Steve and he led the team in receptions but had 19 19 yards. yards. Yeah. Right. So, I'm not concerned about Steve, but, uh, you know, coming back from an Achilles, every little bit of burst matters. And he did not break away from anybody. That said, he was catching balls in heavy traffic. It wasn't like he was one-on-one against the receiver trying to break away. Uh, Terrell Suggs took a lot of plays off. 
Did you ask him about that after the game? So the thing is, what he said, though, is he's like, it's definitely still coming in terms of physically. Like, he still feels like he's knocking the rust off and getting back to being, A, I think, the kind of player that he has been, and B, an every-down player. I mean, he wasn't an every – he's been an every-down player throughout his entire career. Right. But he wasn't an every-down player this week. But is is that phase of his career over? Is he no longer ever going to be an every-down player? I think that would – I mean, if we want to talk about overreaction Monday, I think that could be the the takeaway there, that Terrell Suggs is no longer an everyday player. I mean, I'm not going to go there yet. I think that his it was his first game in a year, regardless of whether he had it – regardless of whether he was coming back from a torn Achilles, I still think that he's had a full year off, and they might not have thrown him out there every single play. When you add in the fact that he's coming back from the torn Achilles and he played like 10 snaps the entire preseason, it's – I – personally did not expect him to go out there and play 70 snaps. I was kind of – I kind of got what I expected. Yeah, I would agree with that. I, I don't think it's entirely shocking. I would say he took off more plays than I would have anticipated. I mean, it was almost there for a stretch like every other. Yeah. The other person on the other side of the ball, this was another big question coming into the game, and I feel like this – I got the answer on this one. There's not a uh, – this isn't one of those I kind of got the answer. I feel like we got the answer, and that's Brashad Perryman. You know, I said on Final Drive on Friday. Really? You're going to go strong on the Perryman at yes. one catch. He had one catch. Great catch. Just a, fan- a catch. fantastic catch. Uh, and he only played 20 snaps. Uh, one other pass came his way. Didn't make that catch. But I really liked what I saw from Perryman on that play. And I'd like to see a little bit more from him. Again. Every time he lined up and it was one-on-one, single high safety, I had my eyes on which way that safety was going. And if I saw him take one step... In the opposite direction of Perryman, I was like, dial it up, baby. I mean, that one, I know it was one catch, but we haven't seen that kind of catch made around here lately. You know, like, who's the guy that can make – Steve can make that kind of contested catch, of course. But he's not the big guy. You know, he, Steve obviously isn't a big receiver like Brashad is, so he can go up and make the catch. Right, his, he's, Steve's play isn't out-leaping people. Yeah, like, like, who can make that kind of catch? There aren't a lot of guys yep. in the league that can do that, and yep. there haven't been a lot of guys on this team that can do that. So what I saw there – is something that I haven't seen in a while. And, I, you know, it's, it's kind of like, all right, this is what the Ravens drafted Brashad Perriman to do. I want to see a little bit more of him going over the middle of the field deep because I feel like if Perryman, let's say he runs that same route as, uh, that Mike Wallace took 66 yards for a touchdown, Perryman might, be another, might have been another two yards, three yards away from the defender. He might not have had to stiff arm him to get in. No, sure. I mean, let's turn that guy loose over the middle of the field. And I think that with Perryman, they're going to continue adding to his plate. He's another guy. Like, I did not expect him to come out there and play 60 snaps because they have so many wide receivers. That's the biggest thing. And also, he's coming back from the injury. And he hasn't played football in almost two years. So, that, that wasn't a surprise that he had a limited sample size. But I think it, the, as we go on, they're going to keep adding more and more to his plate. And look out for what he can do on offense. What about Dennis Pitt? Have we got an answer there? I do. I, I liked what I saw from Dennis Pitta. I wish I wish Joe didn't make him go to the ground every single time he had to catch a pass. I'm he was gonna ask little, Dennis about that later in the week. He was a little low. What's up with your boy just making you go to the turf, laying on that hip every time? I know. I was nervous. I mean, I feel like probably everybody in the stadium was there watching Pitta, even including the press box. You felt that? Yeah. Every time that he went to the ground, you're like, Ugh. you're kind of holding didn't your breath. Feel it. I like. I just feel like. Dude, I'm, he went down and he got back up and he kind of like patted his hip and you were like, uh oh, uh oh. 
I on that I did. Yeah, so like, what are you talking about? Well, when I saw him get back up and not look good, but when he first went, when he like was going down to the turf, I was like, is he going to get up hurt? When he got up and he kind of looked like he might have been hurt, then yeah. I was concerned. But I'm not, I'm not nervous about Pitt anymore, and I'm more upset that I didn't draft him in fantasy football. I don't know what the, he was a target, and I just totally forgot about it. Yeah. Because he is the he is the Ravens' starting tight end, going to be the number one guy. I don't think it's even going to really be that close, to be honest. Did uh, Crockett get targeted for the pass? I, I, don't, I don't think. believe so. The other thing, too, with Pitta, like I said that I wasn't surprised that Perryman and Suggs had their snaps kind of, they were limited a little bit with theirs. They didn't limit Pitta really at all. He played all but 11 snaps on offense. And so like he's, I said, Garrett, on one of these things. That yeah, there we go. Like I said, Pitta, the Pitta hand issue wasn't a problem. You were all worried about it. Dude, you can't catch the ball if you got a broken hand. Look just fine to me, big boy. Yeah, I, hey, he's going to get the reps, and he's going to be the starter. I absolutely agree. It, the secondary. Were you, were you on the bandwagon about being concerned about the second, the first team defense from the preseason? You were on that one too, weren't you? No, what I said there was you would like to see the in the preseason, I said, I mean, given the two options, you like to see the uh, defense play a little bit better. Hot but I was, right not, I was not <laughs> going out there and sounding the alarm on the defense. Um, I mean – I'd be lying if I said I expected Sharice Wright to come out there and have 11 tackles and be absolutely locked down. You know, that was really impressive. How much, how much do you think was the corners and how much is the, the new safeties at the top in Weddle and Webb's communication? That's a tough one. I think you, if anybody that you talk to, whether it's a coach or another player in that secondary, there's a common theme, which is that Weddle has transformed that group, that he's the quarterback of that group, and that everything kind of run, runs through him, and he makes a huge difference. It, it creates a ripple effect that touches every single player in the secondary. And then off of that, Ladarius Webb, he's always been an active guy that likes to communicate on the back end of the defense, and now he's in that role and doing more of it as a safety. So I think A is Weddle, and then I think it's probably the safeties. Now that I'm talking through it, I think I would say it's the safeties more than the corners because the corners were there last season, the same corners. Well, and they, but the, those corners were pretty locked down the second half of the year. I mean, the Ravens had the, one of the best secondaries in the NFL. Yeah, they, they were. had the best secondary in the NFL in terms of yards allowed second half of the season with Sharice and Jimmy. So maybe it's Sharice and Jimmy. I thought the corner play was pretty, pretty good, pretty darn good. But uh, to your point, the, the Bills didn't even – I don't know if this is just a tie rod thing and this is – I got the sense from listening to the, the post-game press conferences from the Bills that the issue with Tyrod there is he doesn't attempt much downfield, doesn't stand in there and deliver. Uh, but they didn't. They hardly attempted. Did they attempt one pass over 20, 30 yards? Yeah, well, they did, but that was the broken play where Alvin McClellan well, had Tyrod Taylor in the pocket. and then. Yeah, I don't even know if that pass traveled over that many yeah. yards, but anyway. It was it the was biggest a, play of the day that they right. had, and it was a broken play that should have been a exactly. sack. But to that point, the fact that they weren't even attempting that stuff means it was covered up. And That's by last, the safeties. Right, right. And last year, last year the problem was bo- it was bombs away. I mean, well, you know what? It'll be a good test when A.J. Green comes to town. They still going bombs away or what? That'll oh, yeah. be the test. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, the defense obviously had an a amazing game. And post-game, there were multiple players – Timmy Jernigan was one that I talked to who said 
the swag is back. Like, we feel like that Ravens defense again. We're having fun. The swagger's back. The old Ravens defense. That was the big story of the game. The old Ravens defense. Dust it off. It's back. Is it back? You, you buying in? I think that I, feel, I said it off the top. I feel really good about the defense. I think that this defense is going to be really good. And I think that the secondary is going to be the strength of the team for the reasons that we just talked about. The safeties and the corners, I think, as long as they're healthy. So, yeah, I think that this defense is going to – I don't think that the Bills are a bad team at all. I think that, uh, you know, like they made Tyrod Taylor. He didn't hurt him with his legs really at all. Um, the, the biggest question for me still on the defense is the pass rush. You know, Doomerville's not playing yet, so how is he going to look when he gets back there? Suggs had one sack, but it's not like he was living in the backfield all game long. Mm -hmm. Like Tyrod, they, they weren't like in his face the entire afternoon. And that could have been a scheme thing, or I, I don't know exactly. But the pass rush to me is still the biggest question on the defense. But I think that this defense is going to be really good. I, I mean, I'm not going out there and saying this is the 2000 Ravens defense here. But I think, I mean, there's no reason that this can't be a top five defense. Yeah, I would agree with you. I think if everybody's healthy, the run defense is really good. You have Brandon Williams, who maybe possibly for his last year, you have him at his peak right now. Uh, and... So the run defense is good. Mosley's good. Zach Orr I really like. You definitely see the improved speed on this defense from a year ago, and I think Zachary Orr really kind of exemplifies that. You replace Daryl Smith, who was a good player who a lot of fans really liked here, with Zachary Orr, an unproven, undrafted guy. And uh, I think a lot of people were scratching their heads. Zach Orr is flying all over the field yep. making plays. So you have improved speed there. You have improved speed at safety for sure with Webb and Weddle as opposed to Kendrick Lewis and Will Will Hill. Will Hill. So I think that makes a, def uh, a difference for sure. And you have the young pass rushers. You have Judon coming off yeah. of his, that edge who's fast. So there he's I mean, that was a focus. But, getting faster and getting younger, right. more athletic so, was a focus of the offseason. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to jump on board. I'm going to okay. jump on board and say they're really good. And – one thing that you think back to was last year. Came out week one in Denver against Peyton Manning, and the defense just absolutely dominated that game. Pick six by Jimmy Smith, and everybody was saying, here comes the Ravens' defense. Yeah. Week two in Oakland was a different story. So you have I, to be careful. I do not think that's going to happen this time around with the Cleveland Browns. So before we switch, you've got some good stories about Rex Ryan because we like to, you know, mm -hmm. before we go look forward to the Browns here, mm -hmm. you got to talk about Rex. Rex is awesome. Yeah. I, I, you know, a lot of fans in Baltimore love Rex, and I'm one of them. Uh, and so I, I unfortunately came to the Ravens. My first year was in 2009, so Rex had just gotten hired as the head coach of the New York Jets. And uh, so I did not work with Rex. But I did on one afternoon uh, when every year there is a softball tournament amongst NFL East Coast teams. It's us, the Skins. Steelers, NFL League Office, Jets, Giants. I'm probably missing a couple. And we all get together and play some slow-pitch softball. We, gen we almost always make the championship game and lose to the League Office. Um, but we, we were hosting in th that year in 2009, and Rex comes down with the Jets. He's playing on their slow-pitch softball team, which I at first thought was just absolutely awesome. Yeah. And with all the other staff members. I mean, these aren't like – players and coaches playing on the field. It's like slappies like me, mm -hmm. you know, going out there and playing slow pitch. And so he comes down, and uh, and he's wearing this jersey, and it's number one, 
and then the name on the back of the jersey is defense. <laughs> Number one defense. And he's just like rubbing it, it, like just talking smack in our own backyard about how they're going to have the best defense. <laughs> and uh, it was just ridiculous. It's just classic Rex. He's like talking smack on the field, talking a bunch of – he can hit the ball. He's like one of those classic – you know those slow-pitch softball guys who are like – they come out, they're 300 pounds, and they just absolutely mash. Yeah, they're just- like 55 years old. Mash. He was one of those. They're guys. not wheeling around the bases too fast. So they they're don't more have of, to because they're they more of a try. Yeah. Right? They hit bombs every time. That was him. And and I mean, I talked to them a little bit. He came around and like talked to every single old you know staffer that he used to work with here at the Ravens, from the lowest guy to the highest. Yeah. I mean, even on Fridays when he used to work here, on Fridays he would come down to Cube World. We call it Cube World, where we have just a whole bunch of cubicles together. And uh, he would talk to people in Cube World and ask them about the weekend, what plans they had, all that stuff. You know, it was just awesome. He's just a cool dude. And I think that you saw that once again after this game. Uh, you know, there's a lot a of tough respect. Loss in there's, week a, one. there's a lot of respect. And right, he's a defensive guy, and he says, the Ravens defense, I'll tell you what, they're really good. And I'm one of the few coaches that is willing to give praise. John Harbaugh does too. Yeah. Um, but. He was pretty effusive, and I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, there's definitely respect there. I mean, John said the th- same thing about Rex. That's a well-coached team, and they're going to win a lot of games over there. So yeah. Um, hey, so I'm on Rex's. I'm on board with Rex when he says the Ravens defense is really good. I also say the Ravens defense is very good. I agree. Garrett, we're, m- we're moving on to Cleveland now. Playing in Cleveland. Yep. You, uh, news breaking news for listeners out there. Garrett's a, just a straight up Ohio boy. Oh yeah. Grew up as a Brownie fan. <laughs> You probably have a Browns tattoo, don't you? No, I don't have a Browns tattoo. No tattoos. Yeah, you got one on your butt. That you're no, from I have no tattoos. <laughs> yeah, I'm not afraid to admit it. Uh, I grew up in Columbus. I was born in Cleveland, lived in Cleveland before I moved here. So I, uh, there's, some, there's some Cleveland blood running through my body. Absolutely. Relish the Cavs winning the championship this year. I was all about it. That's, this is grossing me out. Yeah. This is grossing me out. So, so would you call yourself at this point – a Browns fan? No, I'm not a Browns fan. No. <laughs> yeah, you are. No, uh, you know, people always ask you that. I, I did like the Browns, but I was always more of an Ohio State guy growing up. I grew up in Columbus, and that was always my team. And also, the Browns, when I was like a kid, they weren't there for three of the years, and then when they came back, they struggled every year. So it's not like I like was always this diehard Browns fan and have some amazing Browns memories. It was always more of an Ohio State thing for me. Do you have a Browns jersey? Never did. You never had a Browns jersey? I don't think so. One year I was, when I was like a couple years old, maybe two or three, I went as, on Halloween as a Browns player. But I don't think it was an actual, maybe Bernie Kosar. But, you but, went as Bernie? But I, didn't have, but I didn't have a jersey. Just like I went as like a football player and it was Browns, a Browns helmet. So do you think that the Browns are going to pose a, much of a test this week? Look, you, every year – People go through and they say this is going to be a win for the Ravens. Last year they split it and they lost to the Browns at home. And so, I mean, I, I'm not sure what the spread is. I think obviously the Ravens are going to be favored going into this game. The Browns also are going through a, another quarterback change for another year. One game in, RG3 gets hurt. The Ravens should win this game. I think they know that um, absolutely. But it's probably going to be close going into the fourth quarter. It just always ends up being that way. I got some scores here for you, Garrett. Okay, so last year – 33-27 Ravens win the last time we played the Browns. Kick six. Will yeah. Hill. Will the, he was thrilling them that day, I'll right. tell you that much. Before that, 33-30 overtime, Ravens loss. 
20-10 before that, 23-21, 24-18, 14-6. They're close. I mean, these games are close. Even like the Super Bowl year, I think of the Kerry Williams play where he had that interception and then he he turns it for a pick six late in that game to seal it. I mean, you could go through and there's so many games. And so I think there's no reason to think it's not going to be that case. Um, It's their home opener, so they're going to be fired up about that even if they are going through a quarterback change. So, yeah, I I think it's probably going to be a game that up until the fourth quarter – there's going to be, you know, you're going to be a little uneasy. Um, but I think that one thing that I saw from the Ravens on Sunday is that, like, they, that we didn't see last year, and John Harbaugh kind of alluded to it, is they found a way to win. And they, there is something to be said for knowing how to win games. Well, that's what he's been preaching all preseason. It's playing winning football. I've heard winning football 500 times this preseason. And uh, that's the most important thing for sure. You got to, you got. I think we said we had to come out of the Bills game with a win. You can get some momentum. That was kind of getting over the hump to me. If you can beat the Browns in Week Two, keep that rolling. Now, now you got some momentum rolling into a, a tough road game against the Jags. Yeah, I mean these are the games: Bills at home, and, and then going to the Browns. These are the games that you have to win if you want to be a team that's going to the playoffs and and those kinds of things. Which is obviously what the Ravens want to do and what they want to accomplish this year. So it'll probably be close, but I would expect the Ravens to come out on top. Well, we'll ask Dennis Pitto about that. That podcast is coming on Thursday. Uh, We've run out of time here today, but we thank you so much once again for listening. Please make sure you share this, share it with your friends, rate, review, and email us at thelounge at ravens.nfl.net. Once again, tune back in Thursday as we will be talking with tight end Dennis Pitta. Mm -hmm.